Hey, welcome back to the weekend edition of Outdoors Live on News Radio, the Mighty 790 KFGO. And I'm your host, Doug Lear. The last shot, the last shot for this weekend edition of Outdoors Live. Uh, we still have a Central Dakota Outdoors report with Pat Stockdale. We're going to get you a podcast extra with Bruin Agri Gone Outdoors, uh, and you can listen to them. You listen to Bruin Agri Gone Outdoors on Saturday mornings at 11 a.m. We know not everybody can listen to them on Saturday mornings. We know not everybody can listen to a podcast. So we break out a podcast extra for you each and every weekend. Before we do that, let's get you a Central Dakota Outdoors report with Pat Stockdale. You read her work in Dakota Country Magazine. She is an award-winning outdoors communicator, and she connects with uh, the people and the places, the bait shops, the gas stations, the motels, the resorts, the guides, to give us a better idea of where people are going, what they're doing, what they're finding outdoors. Well, Pat, what's cooking outdoors this week? Thanks, Doug. As we check elsewhere around North Dakota, deteriorating ice conditions are what is trending this week which also means some anglers are walking onto some of North Dakota's lakes to take advantage of the last few days of ice fishing. It also means a lot fewer anglers are venturing out, and that's probably for good reason. Please use extreme caution if walking onto any lake, and remember that what the ice was when you first walked on could very well be entirely different in a matter of just a short time. We're truly transitioning towards open water fishing, so be careful. The one area with open water activity is the Missouri River Tail Race, and the Missouri River even as far south as below Washburn, with anglers on the river early in the week. Success was still not a fast and furious spring bite, but a few more walleye are showing up in the tail race, with some bigger fish coming at night during low light and dark hours. Try jigs and minnows or plastics and move around. The caveat to that moving around aspect, though, is that Garrison Dam releases from Lake Sakakawea remain below their normal levels for this time of the year. Boat anglers need to be extremely cautious for low water conditions on the Missouri River. Look for spotty walleye success from shore, along the wing walls, and by the boat ramp in the tail race. Another thing that is happening is light goose migration. Numbers of birds are moving through east-central and central North Dakota, including along the Missouri River system. While some are stopping to rest, it seems most birds are intent on continuing northbound into Canada. By no means is the main influx over, though, but birds are on the move. They've been observed as far north as northeastern North Dakota, even north of the Devil's Lake area, the Turtle Lake, the Turtle Mountains, in the north-central part of the state, and west around Williston. Don't forget that if a hunter hasn't gotten their spring turkey tag and they're waiting for it, it's because they need to get their appropriate licenses yet. Get them ordered so that tag is in hand when the April 9th season opens. Appreciate that report. That is Pat Stockdale, and she is an award-winning outdoors communicator. Again, read her work in Dakota Country Magazine and various other publications across the Midwest. Right now, it's time to get you that podcast extra from Scotty Brewer and Kyle Agri. You hear Brewer and Agri gone outdoors at 11 o'clock on Saturday morning. Not everybody can listen then, and not everybody can check out their podcast. So here is a podcast extra from Scotty Brewer and Kyle Agri. We're going to chat with a new guest to Gone Outdoors, Desti Haug of Haug Fur Company. Uh, he's in western Minnesota. I'm really excited about this because I don't know a lot about Dusty's business, and it's pretty intriguing what he does. How are you doing, Dusty? Welcome to Gone Outdoors. 
Not too bad, guys. Thanks for having me on. So exactly where is your company located? We are, our address is Barnesville, but we're just seven miles north of Barnesville in a small uh, town called Downer, just just off about two miles off the interstate exit 15. Yep, just outside the Fargo-Moorhead area. And uh, the Haug Fur Company, I'm assuming you deal a lot with furs. <laughs> that's that's what we anything to do with fur we deal with <laughs> just about anything and and he's right you know just about anything you guys buy furs uh you guys we, sell furs and i believe you grow some some of your own furs and you make stuff out of furs let's start out with buying furs where where do you get them from just from all is if if there's a local trapper around here they, they go out yep. and get a bunch of beavers is you where they end up? Do they all end up with you? Well, I not. There's still a little bit of competition around, and when I say little, it's it's very little. It's uh, it's not a dying industry, but we're at the low point, if that makes sense. We're on the uh, like on the downswing of good fur market, you know. So we're kind of fur in general is down in price, uh, kind of like oil, oil sky high right now. Uh, but yeah. fur is on the other end of that right now. And typically it follows, usually follows oil, but the people that are causing the, the you, Russia usually buys a lot of fur. And so, and obviously we're not going to do too much business right now. Yeah. So it's, uh, it, it follows, it's trendy. And a lot of the guys that, um, that have been doing it for a long time are a little older and it's probably a good time to jump ship, um, before, before you hit another upswing. So what about the trapping aspect? It seems like you hear a little bit more about trapping now than you did five years ago is, is the trapping, the hobby of trapping, the sport of trapping, does that seem to be getting more popular or is that declining also? No, I think, um, I think the trappers that caught the bigger numbers. No, the, the coyote market is just coming off a real strong, you know, eight year period. So, um, those guys were still out trapping a lot of coyotes, but as far as the other animals, um, I think you're, you're right in the sense that we're bringing more people in to catch 10 coyotes a year and most of them are defending hunting property uh so you get a lot of guys that come in they've never trapped before or snared before and they want a crash course on how to catch a couple coyotes and they're just fending off uh predators off their you know their 80 acres or their hunting land for the year and that's becoming really popular so the numbers of trappers might be might be coming up, but the seriousness or the volume that they produce isn't there because, but that's money, you know, that that's the prices are down. So not a lot of guys are out, uh, out really pounded on stuff right now. So Dusty, you've mentioned a couple of different, you know, beaver, you've talked about coyote. Is there a, is there a list of what you can and can't trap what you do and don't buy? How does that work? We, we typically buy everything, you know, it's, uh, again, we're going from, I don't want to say all time highs because that's misleading, but uh, an eight year period of where coyotes were really in demand to a point right now where people, uh, I don't know, we're full of them, you know, we're, we've bought enough this year and we can't, we're having a hard time even with selling any. So we we're not too terribly interested in the coyotes, uh, right now, but, the the beaver the muskrats the shorter haired stuff is starting to trend again 
so we're kind of it's kind of like the hourglass <laughs> the coyotes have, we ran we ran out of time with the coyotes and now you flip it over and it seems like the otter the beaver the muskrats are starting to trend the ranch make the shorter haired goods are starting to come back and it's with a real slow uh, you know, uptick, but it, it, it feels like everything's on it going in the right direction when they've been very dormant for, you know, seven, eight years. So do you do all the tanning yourself, even for the stuff that you sell out to wholesalers? No, we don't. We ship, uh, we ship out East to a big tannery. Um, you know, we do lots of, you know, lots of volume with them. So a lot of people will catch a uh, carcass coyote, um, and bring it to us. We'll process it and put it, put it in with our goods when we send them out there and we save money on the shipping. So if okay. you brought a coyote in for $60, we'd can it for you. You know, you drop it on the floor and we'd send it out, skin it, flesh it, stretch it, send it out and get it back to you. Um, sometimes in a reasonable amount of time, but everybody's busy right now. So, so what is that reasonable amount of time? I'm just curious. Cause I don't know. I'm it, just what I tell guys uh, is from the time we send it out, it's usually 60 to 90 days, but that doesn't mean anything. Sometimes, you know, it, like right now here this week, we'll probably end up buying six or 700 coyotes. So if you bring a coyote for tanning, <laughs> it might go in the freezer until we get to it, you know? So like when we get that volume of coyotes in, we kind of switch gears into skinning, you know, everybody will be skinning. And as soon as we catch up, then we'll start the rest of the process. So that, uh, you know, 60 to 90 days from the time it leaves here. And sometimes it can take, you know, three, four or five months for us to get them done. If we're, if it's a busy year, not so much this year because, uh, because the coyote market kind of fell apart. So besides being a vehicle for the local trappers to get rid of their harvest or sell their harvest, get it to market. You also have a retail store with some pretty cool items on it. Let's talk about that for a little bit. How did you get into that and how long have you been doing it? Well, we've always, it, it more started uh, going to flea markets and, and peddling stuff in the summer so I didn't have to get a real job. Um, and and it's just kind of developed into the website, you know, hogford.com. And um, more and more, especially this year, you could really see it with the shop local. You know, people really made a conscious effort. And we felt that as a small business. We definitely sold more fur mittens and fur hats this, you know, before Christmas and in January and February than we probably ever have. So I appreciate it. You know, that's a, that was a nice little jump for us, especially when I'm in a, in a kind of a crappy market fur market. So the, we have uh, multiple people that buy from us. That's that make stuff, coats, hats, mittens. And we kind of, do business back and forth. We can, it, it's kind of a back scratch to them also, you know, for buying our, our fur, uh, we take their best product and market it for them too. So we have some other people's products, you know, and we try to take their best, what they think is their best selling product. Then we market that for them uh, in kind of a, again, a back scratch thing. That's, so the that's first thing we just kind of stumbled onto, you know, because it's uh, it helps them out when they're slow, and it uh, and it gives us something to do and in, in make in the summer too. That's pretty cool, and and thank you for uh, being that vehicle for the hobbyists, for the trappers that that enjoy the hobby and they want to get out and do that. And uh, you know, if it wasn't for guys like you, 
it, there wouldn't be, you know, that entire sport would die. So um, we appreciate it. And we appreciate you coming on Gone Outdoors and filling us in a little bit about what kind of goes on behind the scenes, behind all that stuff. We appreciate it, man. I hope you have yourself a great day. Absolutely. And I appreciate you guys having me on. Thank you much. Well, that is going to wrap things up for this weekend edition of Outdoors Live. Appreciate the podcast extra being made available by Scotty Brewer and Kyle Agri. Make sure you check out them Saturday mornings at 11 o'clock. And then also you can check out their podcast at kfgo.com. This has been the weekend edition of Outdoors Live on News Radio, the Mighty 790 KFGO and FM 104.7. Till next time, I'm Doug Lear reminding you, as always, keep your lines tight and your powder dry. Have a great one out there.